Hello, everyone, and welcome to another Donorom uh, podcast. I had to stop myself. I've been recording monologues. Uh, I am Bo. And I am Don. And uh, a we, duologue. A duel. Oh, I like that. Um, we uh, we're gonna talk a little bit more about Deadly Premonition. But last time we talked about something insignificant about Deadly Premonition: the like plot, the story. Yeah, the story. Like, Today we're gonna talk about the, the the real meat and drink of this game. Yeah, the game. Like <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of technically what it is. At the end of the day, I mean, like, people will disagree, you know, like, well, the, the get, every time I it's don't... It's avant-garde art, when really. I, when I try um, to shoot, I don't feel happy. <laughs> I don't want to live in this world when Combat I'm shooting. Combat is so terrible <laughs> in this game. Like, like if I didn't have uh, York talking to his imaginary friend, complimenting the player on being able to make trick shots on the ghost. Nice! Fantastic! Fantastic! <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing! <laughs> Finding a jar of pickles... In the woods. Pickles! <laughs> Steamed hams. <laughs> because, of course, this game takes place in uh, Utica. Yeah. Um, oh, no, uh, Utica's fr- where uh, Superintendent Chalmers was from. Yeah. yeah. It's an Albany expression. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> Aurora Borealis. But, yeah, like, this game, when you play it, it's like, you're in a different world. Like, you're, you're almost in a fugue state. You're in like you're in the main character's head. In a, you're not in a way like, man, I really feel this guy. I don't feel this guy at all. I'm just along for the ride. It's <laughs> it's like you just like <laughs> it's like you're bored. You're hanging out at the high school parking lot. It's, it's Saturday and no one's doing anything. There's no parties. Mm-hmm. And then like you know your friend, that one friend who you're, you're not really best friends with, but he's in the network. Mm-hmm. You know him well enough. He pulls up in his car, his beat up car. You smell weed, but he's not smoking it right now. It just always <laughs> it smells just, that way. Just, <laughs> he op- uh, he rolls down the window and says, get in. That's deadly premonition. Get in. Get in. Just get in, man. Don't ask questions. <laughs> um, Because they won't be answered. No. Uh, there will be a thin haze of purple smoke, but whatever. I mean, you just a roll purple with it. haze, if purple you will. Haze. <laughs> purple haze. Purple <laughs> um, haze. So... Uh, we weren't able because we stuck with our normal thing of covering narratives. We weren't able to uh, talk about the real charm of this game, and we're, we were laughing about it. But there is a real charm to this game. There's yeah. a real can't put it down feel to this horrible, wretched video game. Because like, there's a lot of like one of the places that really gets people hung up is trying to find Quint, who is an instant. He's a, at first he's a suspect, but he's obviously an he's an obvious suspect because he's connected to a victim, an eventual victim. Yes, and you need to talk to him, and he won't talk to you. He's obviously up to something shady, but he's never available. He's always around, never available. Right. When you talk to him, sorry, this is not it's not time yet. Right. It's like um, it's like if uh, some UPS guy shows up at your house with a package, and he needs a signature. <laughs> You're standing at the door, and you just say, I'm not available right now. Come back at 6 p.m. And then you just stand there, <laughs> glazed over. And occasionally you start, like, you pick up, like, a, a plate and start throwing it around. <laughs> but while you're staking out this guy's house, because there's no better way to do it other than looking it up like a coward, <laughs> you just follow this guy's every word, because every character in the game is marked on the map. You will find at any hour, you can just pull up the map, and you know exactly where everyone in town is, what they're doing. This guy's at the grocery store now. Huh, that's weird. He doesn't work there. 
maybe he's buying groceries. The game just programmed in that he buys mm. groceries at this time. Mm. He has a schedule. Oh, where's George Woodward? Where's Sheriff George? Oh, he's out in the field. That's weird. It's raining. Nobody goes out in the rain. And, oh, he's staring at a red tree. <laughs> this game's so wacky. <laughs> There's no way that's subtle foreshadowing that you could easily miss. <laughs> But yeah, it's like you're just following, you learn so much about the town and its inhabitants. It's hard not to get drawn into it. And this is part of the, why, why I really love games that are bad because you get invested in it and you get good. And you're like, realize, you know, I have a very rare skill set. This is going on the resume. I can actually do Deadly Premonition relatively well. Right. And uh, it's. um. And it's become a it, it's become it's one of the first video games I can think of that became a cult classic video game for the same reason cult classic movies become those because they're bad they're inaccessible people enjoy that they're bad yeah like um, it, you figure it out it, it's like it's a mystery Evil Dead's wretched yeah it's wretched it's horribly made it's horribly directed it's horribly acted mm-hmm. people love it people love it I'm trying to figure out how I can unlip sync myself with work shit. <laughs> 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 like, like, like you look off. Work shrug. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, uh, like every movie Peter Jackson made before Lord of the Rings. <laughs> um, every single one of them. Like it's just um, like it's not even just the glitches, and I love the glitches. I love watching people oh like gosh. uh, like there was one part in a Let's Play I watched where this is got this guy hated Quint. He hated him so much, so he went to the junkyard and bought Quint's car from him <laughs> out from under him. So he stole Quint's car and his wrench and his girlfriend's dead. So he's actually feeling really good about the game because he's accomplishing his primary goal of ruining Quint. And then he sees Quint roll into the grocery store. He's walking because he doesn't have a car. And of course, right now he's like the main, the, the player has Quint's car. Quint doesn't know it's not his car anymore. So he steps up to the car, <laughs> sits parallel to the driver, and then ghost rides it away. <laughs> like Quint stole his car back. <laughs> you won't get that. In whatever get, big games you kids are playing, you're not gonna get that in um, the Last of Us Part Two. <laughs> um, uh, and, and I like the setting. I like the small town setting mm-hmm. because you know it's us. It, like it, you, you look like, oh yeah, this is this is it was a big town once. There was a lot happening. Uh, yeah, it, it speaks to uh, you and I as Rust Belt babies. It speaks yeah. to us a lot because yeah. we we know the uh, feeling of growing up. And being bored to death in a town while old people comfort you by telling you how good it used to be. Yeah, like uh, you sit um, down at, like a, re- at a lunch table, your grandma's 50 yards away t- telling you about the glory days, and you're like, huh? <laughs> and the music, I, the best part yeah. of this is that the music progressively gets louder, <laughs> and the characters the, like, are grandpa, aware. <laughs> grandpa's on the kazoo, and no one's going to tell him to <laughs> shut up. He's having a good day. Just let him do his thing. <laughs> and it's just, it's... Man, uh, 2009 for this game? Uh, 2010, I think. 2010. Same as Nier. So. Um, Nier, another avant-garde game that people just didn't I, get. I, it, um, it's it, it's on, on its surface, it's just a nice Zelda kind of clone. It plays fine. The It's big standout with its music. And then you realize, oh, God, this game has a lot to say. And um, uh, interestingly enough, is these are two extremely... Uh, uh, eccentric creators that made these games. Yeah, uh, Yoko Taro from uh, Nier actively hates gamers, and I love it. 
Uh, yeah, he actively <laughs> hates gamers. He appears everywhere in a, in a moon mask, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, not the um, moon. Emil's head. The skeleton head right. from Emil. And um, he actually, uh, actually, I remember uh, one interview I saw with him is he, he designed, of course, he's a Square Enix guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he designed a raid for uh, Final Fantasy fourteen. And um, the whole interview is him bitching about how much they didn't let him do that he wanted to do. And they're like, no, you don't understand. This is an MMO. It has to follow a certain formula. And he's like, but what if we break it, man? <laughs> like, And it's it, it's just incredible because he wanted to make a raid that everyone would hate to play. <laughs> it's what he wanted to do. Like My favorite part um, of Nier was there was a mini game where you need to breed a certain kind of flower for this person. Uh, and it's just a side quest. It's a side quest. It's a meaningless side quest. A lot of side quests are fun because they give you good dialogue with the party members. But this one takes, if you do it naturally, it will take you in real life months to pull off. Unless you reset the Xbox's timer settings because the garden that you crossbreed these flowers from grows IRL time. Really? And the reward for doing this is minuscule. <laughs> It is there specifically to make you not want to completionist the game, which you don't have to do. It's incredible. And if you do completionist the game, it erases your save file. So That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, back to... Uh, uh, that they, like, swear he's a different Hulk. He's a, he's a card. Um, he's just more of the uh, that asshole that just says what's going to make you mad. Um, <laughs> they, uh, but um, he's never seen Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> nope. He swears up and down he hasn't. And honestly, it's not really the David Lynch that I... I don't know if... I, I, there's something about Greenvale that really just made me like hanging around in an as a detached New York East Coast elitist asshole. And I like that that's where we met uh, York. We didn't meet him during his Dale Cooper phase. That's yeah. not until the second game. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, we we meet him when he's very haughty. He yeah. feels very much above these country bumpkins because he already knows that a small town, uh, yeah. the imagery is just... But um, what's more important was that he was a hardcore punk rocker yeah. in high school <laughs> and Emily's not taking that very seriously. Yeah. Um, that's what's important. Uh, like the random lunches you can have, the like like uh, when he's talking, like he's having lunch with the with the an office lunch with the sheriff, uh, t- the deputy, uh, Emily, and he's always telling the most gritty stories of a serial killer who drank from a skull, and then like you know it's just that that gets me. I mean, that's unsanitary. <laughs> like no one else can finish eating. Um, he blows smoke in people's faces. Uh, Woodman being so opposed to Woodman being so heavily involved in the crime and being so opposed because normally that character in a mystery would be, oh yes, we'll do anything the FBI needs. He'd be super. Uh, so the fact that Woodman d- hates York so much mm-hmm. uh, and doesn't hide it, um, the fact that Woodman doesn't really hide that he's involved with the crime. Yeah, he doesn't really do that. He's like, passionate about women. <laughs> <laughs> You are very erotic, erotic creatures. creatures. <laughs> I like that Emily, like, uh, she says he, George tried to put the moves on her and she shot him down and didn't think about it. Apparently, George didn't take the hint, though, because apparently he had a harem of a very inappropriate schoolgirl harem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> throughout that he was, he, like, he, the whole reason the sex cult diver, diverted, went from sex cult to sex Murder emphasis cult. murder cult yeah is um because emily showed up and none of the other, other girls could compare not even thomas who really rocked the look uh was thomas in it thomas was he was uh he was one of the goddesses 
Oh, okay. Not sure what. Um, uh, I, I'm. I don't know if he just liked wearing dresses or if there was something else. We didn't really talk to him. Yeah, right. We didn't really. Uh, we, uh, get to uh, know York that. didn't ask him his pronouns. He just like said, "Hey, you make good biscuits. Mm-hmm. That is your job <laughs> to serve the FBI biscuits when I show up." Aren't you supposed to be meeting someone at the museum? I can put that off till tomorrow. Sheriff will understand. I'm, I need biscuits. And that, that's what's funny is I'm actually personally not a big fan of uh, biscuits. I don't. They are by their. Like, yeah. if they were biscuits served with something that you yeah, put yeah, on the biscuits, yeah. that's fine. But biscuits on their own, I, I don't. They're very dry. They're by their nature. Yeah. It's not their fault. Yeah. It's just they're meant to be paired with something. So yeah. it's kind of incredible that York likes just the biscuits. Mm-hmm. Um, the. Uh, I mean, he's used to just eating spinach that he finds in the woods. <laughs> uh, or um, Conceivably, a can of SpaghettiOs would have been like an incredible... Like most of my meals were like, oh, I've been like staking out Quint's house for 12 hours. There's dogs raining from heaven. Um, and I, I, it's <laughs> raining dogs. I need to smoke it out here in this fence where they can't get to me. I better eat some lollipops <laughs> so I don't starve. Uh, I like getting a paycheck from the FBI for shaving. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, Dirty hobo cop, minus $50. Um, yeah. Uh, you, you get so stinky and you're unshaven that <laughs> the FBI starts fining you. Right. Um, and I like that uh, he's apparently honest. Like, he's calling it, I haven't shaved in three weeks. <laughs> 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 they call me Lord of the Flies. Um, because this is 2010. There's iPhones. He could take it a picture and send it to him. Yeah, like, he just check did. it. He's like <laughs> York selfies from uh, <laughs> like he's taking selfies with the murder victims. Like here I am in Ghost World. So, um, one thing to note about this game is it wasn't until very recently in its lifespan that it became this sort of cult classic. Like, like it just get it's, it's acknowledged. It's acknowledged now, and that's weird. And I think the Steam release back in 2015, I think. Yeah, like was, I, I, it had a big part to do with that because um, the the Steam release had overwhelmingly good reviews, and the Steam uh, actually what's interesting about the Steam release was there was a horrible game breaking bug when you went to do the uh, the the logging camp uh, oh. quest. You couldn't proceed, and you had to literally patch the game with a <laughs> third party patch. They, they did not release a patch. You had to do a uh, you had to patch the game yourself in order to finish it and it would and it was really dependent on your chipset whether it would work or not. <laughs> and um it's something the creators didn't intend and it was just such a deadly premonition thing that the reviews on Steam went up when this <laughs> bug was discovered. People were like it's great. I can't even finish it. It's fantastic. <laughs> um and uh my my Steam copy is is still unfinished. Like it, it's a it's a mystery game, and mm-hmm. part of the mystery is figuring out how the game works <laughs> to make it work. You get, get through the game; that's an achievement. Um, and I, I love hanging out in Greenvale and learning all the like weird things because this Greenvale is a very weird place. Mm-hmm. Like even without the weird, nobody goes out at night because of the legend of the raincoat killer or the mysterious capitalist or mm-hmm. all the other weird stuff. Like the like the uh, rockabilly um, guy who is married to an older woman. Uh, who runs the uh, grocery store, and he's always just spending time telling you ghost stories. Like, and it's, hey, like, it's, it's not even on rhythm. It's a very yeah. feverish snap yeah. like he's that. Like, like, yeah, he's, uh, and I love ghost stories. I love ghost stories not because they, they're, they're scary, like, like they put off that sense of unease, but it, they, they have, tell you a lot about the place. Yeah, they tell you a lot about where you are. Like mm-hmm. the kind of ghost stories your town has 
tell you a lot about it. And I love uh, it's one of the best ways to get like a sense of the local history because one of the town's ghost stories is about the logging camp, mm-hmm. about that log trucker, like the trucker who's like hauling from the the logging site, and his daughter went to college and got all liberal, and. <laughs> She's been protesting, and then he sees a bunch of protesters, and he, starts, he decides to just run them down, show them who's boss, mm-hmm. and he winds up running over his daughter. Now she haunts that tunnel. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, she's not in the tunnel. There's just a bunch of random ghosts there. Right. And a spirit, and a spirit machine gun. Um, the... Uh yeah, and uh, ghost stories are kind of, they tell you a lot about, um, like, for instance, uh, Evansville has the uh, haunting of Willard Library, and that explains why locals in Evansville don't read. Yes. Um, the Gray Lady will get you. The uh, Is that what she's called? The Gray Lady, I think. The uh, Great or Gray? The Gray. Gray. Um, it, locally in Yankeetown, not not a mile from this spot uh, on Ebley Road, um, the uh, there was a uh, legend of a uh, man who was driving his horse home from drinking all night in Boonville, mm-hmm. and he rode his horse home at night and fell off and cracked his head off. And so now at midnight, a uh, ghost with no head will be standing on Ebley Road uh, hitching a ride. Oh, that's cool. Um, it, so it tells you a lot about this area in that many people rode all the way to Boonville, a 10-mile ride <laughs> to get drunk and come home. Um, so, uh, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I forgot about that. That was the ghost story with uh, uh, the Greenvale Logging Camp. Um, and like every like all these places in Greenvale have like some kind of ghost story that you can go to. Like, mm-hmm. hey FBI, you want to hear a ghost story? You, you know I do. <laughs> I, I actually don't know that many uh, ghost stories from Tell City. Actually, Tell City it's kind of a. Like, I mean, there is the Canalton, the Canalton's uh, the old courthouse, which is hollow. Which is hollow yeah. Don't actually know the stories associated with that. But. Boonville has Black Annie. Um, ah, yeah. Boonville, to, uh, and um, they they theme their Halloween around uh, Black Annie. Actually, mm. that's the town Halloween. No, that's um, cool. That's a sign of healthy, the uh, <laughs> healthy community. Uh, yeah. Um, the uh, uh, she was a witch or something. I can't remember fully that story. Uh, it's probably pretty easy to look up. But um, no. Uh, Greenvale has a. Uh, in, in what's funny is. Uh, it's seen as uh, broken and terrible right now, but it was kind of a, a Dreamcast effect. Yeah. It was too ahead of its time. G- Greenvale actually is kind of pioneering in the sense that when we have open world games now, a criticism against them is if people don't have a schedule. Yeah. Um, and that wasn't super common. I, um, it's kind of the natural progression of Shinmue. Um, Shinmue, a game from 11 years before uh, <laughs> Deadly Premonition that kind of did everything Deadly Premonition did better <laughs> despite uh deadly premonition having 11 years and a whole new generation of gaming consoles to make it as perfect as they could but um the um in man i just remember there was no fanfare around this game at release none it, uh you found you discovered I, it from I a just, bargain bin from a bargain bin and through something awful because some Random guy who was not really that big of an LP, or he just uh, he's just one of those guys who he's he just it. adored this game. He's in it for the art, mm-hmm. you know, like he's in it for the art, not the views. Like he's like us, you know, we're avant garde artists, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> And um, yeah, yeah, it's just like just he like there's just a lot to experience if you know where to look for it, and he knows everything about the game. Well, he knows where to look. He for took it. the time. He knows where all the secrets are. He knows where all the weird scheduling things are. What that tells you about the people. Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll be like talking about like you can see she has a much bigger house than everyone else in Greenvale, 
dumpster. And he jump and he makes York jump in the dumpster. There's no gameplay reason for that. Like maybe hide and seek in mm-hmm. like Ghost World, but in, in real world, there's no nothing to hide from really. And uh, what's interesting about him is I actually watched. It, it was the first LP I ever watched. I watched. I didn't know what an LP was. I watched it based on your suggestion. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's interesting about it, he he starts off talking about he starts off making the Twin Peaks comparison and how much he loved Twin Peaks and how this game speaks to him. But that's the last time he mentions it. And he just talks about how a game can speak to you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it stops speaking to him because Twin Peaks is his favorite show and starts speaking to him because it's a broken mess of a game that still found a way into people's hearts mm-hmm. um it's the little game that could yeah it's uh i think um it, but one thing that's actually amazing about it is how good of a character york actually is that he, this isn't a part of the game we like because of how bad it is he's genuinely a very fascinating character like he's an asshole but he gets he, like he actually does like the people like he grows like he becomes a lot more tolerable and especially when his romance with Emily starts to kick off, he actually starts really caring about everything mm-hmm. around the town. And it gets really, and it really sets him up nice for the climax, where he fails to protect Emily just like his dad failed to protect his mom, mm-hmm. and uh, that leads to his uh, finally self-actualizing and letting York go to be Zach again. And the York, the York and Zach dynamic is a brilliant gameplay dynamic. Like mm-hmm. it's. I almost wish it could have been in a uh, a better made game, but I I realize what we risk losing <laughs> if that were to happen. Um, like the whole time you're just like a player, pr- like controlling another character, but at the end, player and character are one. Yeah, you're on board. It, it's it's very um, and uh, I think this game even did really well in Japan. I think I could I think the I Japanese mean, yeah. were really into it uh, because it is a Japanese game. Yeah. people forget yeah. that. Um. And uh, the it's sort of uh, I really would like there's a lot of elements from it that I would like to see in a more um, a better budgeted game. Uh, But at the same time, because the scheduling was so good in theory, it really was Mm -hmm. everyone having a schedule Um, encouraging you to explore and figure the town out. It was without like it's not like Skyrim where there's like quest pointers like hell here you go here about five hundred meters that way um, right and that's uh, just got to figure it out just got to figure and um, another thing about Skyrim is people have a schedule but it's a very dull schedule yeah um, it's literally walk out of their house go down and swing a swing a sickle for like. 10 game hours yeah. and then go back inside like at least in oblivion you can throw an apple and start a riot and um. And I, I much prefer Morrowind, where they just stood there and had a uh, funny dialogue. <laughs> my favorite one, my favorite one is the Nord, uh, the the Nord default for Nord NPCs. When you walk up to him, seen any elves lately? <laughs> um, but um, in in and you get a lot of stuff like that in um Deadly Premonition. In Deadly Premonition, it was the three, it was a three sixty game, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Um. And 360, I think, far and away won that console war. Like, there was more 360s in the world than there were anything else. Yeah. Um, it was the PlayStation 2 of its generation. And uh, that's kind of a an interesting facet just right there um, because it was on the most popular console. It had everything to make it a successful game. They just didn't make it very well. <laughs> it sort of <laughs> fell by the wayside. Um now the side quest. We didn't have a lot of time to talk about side quests. What was your favorite side quest in the game? What's the What's the one that stands out the most to you? Um, 
God, there are so many though. It's uh, uh, getting the wrench for Quint <laughs> is uh, it's not really memorable. It's just memorable because that wrench will carry you through the entire game. It's the best weapon in the game. It is, except for the guitar. <laughs> That's right, uh, the rockabilly guy's guitar. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, there's uh, helping the victim's mother uh, do something. I think like every character has some kind of side quest. Like there's darts for the bar owner to mm-hmm. earn his respect. Mm-hmm. Mostly, Which doesn't get you anything but his respect yeah. if memory serves. And it's not like... The but side, that's reward like The thing is, it's not side quests. The things I remember most about the game is hanging out too late at night and hell dogs showing up because I didn't know... That, I didn't expect them. Mm-hmm. So I'm like driving around and I, I hit something. I get out of the car and there's a hell dog in front of my car. I get back in my car and start speeding away as the hell dog chases me. I need to get back to the hotel. <laughs> Do they ever explain these haunting? Is it because of no. the red tree? It's just like the red tree and the gas that the army experimented on because from the red seeds seeped into the soil, and every time it rains, the, the mist rolls up, and everyone starts acting weird. Because, again, uh, uh, Swery never intended for combat to be in this game. It was no. shoehorned in. That's why it feels so awkward and terrible yeah. because it was never meant to be in the game. That's why it takes place in another world. It doesn't take place in the real world. It yeah. takes in the spirit world that they were forced to shoehorn in um, because they're like, we can't do Because uh, the studio, I don't even know who, who produced this. I don't even know. I can't remember. I don't really. It's not important. It's not something I really but, look uh, into. Yeah, it, it's, it's not important, but uh, I remember they were just very adamant that this was going to become a survival. It was not going to be a mystery game. It was going to be a survival horror game. Mm-hmm. It was going to compete with Resident Evil. And it um, absolutely blew Resident Evil out of the water. Resident Evil had to <laughs> go in a completely different direction just to catch up to Deadly <laughs> Premonition. Um, and uh, what's funny is seeing Deadly Premonition's influence on games now. It's mm-hmm. sort of like a, it's sort of, beg your pardon, it's sort of like those bands back then that were terrible, but now people like them ironically. <laughs> and, um, but I think it's important to note that we don't enjoy Deadly Premonition ironically. No, we I genuinely like this game. I it's not genuinely loved hanging around, driving around Green Greenvale, getting lost, trying to figure out what makes it tick. Like there's like that CD. I love I, I, I have a fondness for Stephen King beyond what he deserves. But <laughs> and a lot of that comes the best way I've ever heard that put. And, and, and a lot of that just comes from yeah a, a town with a secret with secrets like good people. But it's haunted mm-hmm. by something, not necessarily by ghosts. Not necessarily, but not necessarily by scoliosis ghosts. It could be nor, not by, nor by hell dogs. Just its past, like like Disco Elysium. Like the past is literally what's killing that world, haunted by the past. God, Disco's so good. Uh, like, Disco Elysium, so good. <laughs> like one of the big moments of small town, like where where I I spent a lot of time in the archives doing research. Uh, old old newspapers, huge love, microfilm. I man. love newspapers, old newspapers. Mm-hmm. That's why I like Night in the Woods. <laughs> Because there's a moment where you right. do Night in the uh, where um, microfilm. Night in the Woods is a fantastic game, by the way. We did a podcast over that. Anyway, I was doing research on the White Cap movement, which is basically a bunch of um, uh, anti uh, Antifa people from the early nineteenth from the late nineteenth century, running around here to uh, whip women who um, had sex outside of marriage and high five men who did the same. <laughs> but by here, you mean like. In Tulsa, Perry in, County, in Tel- Perry Southern, County specifically, Southern Indiana is uh, was a huge hotbed of the Clan white caps. activity. Yeah, and then the white caps obviously shoehorned nicely oh. into the second wave of the Klan, who were a lot more focused on morality, mm-hmm. uh, Protestant morality, which mm-hmm. means if you're Catholic, you are uh, socialist. 
Which is true in my case. Um, which is true in my <laughs> case true. as well. I mean, you know, you know you, I, I'm not going to say it. I mean, under no circumstances do you have to hand it to the clan. <laughs> no. You don't um, know me, clan. Um, yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm, I, I got off topic. I'm, I was uh, at the library. It was almost closing hours. There was a thunderstorm outside. I was in the basement. You know, it's raining. I, I, uh, it's almost deserted. And I'm like looking at all these places. You know, I Booney Cruise Perry County a lot. I know Perry County mm-hmm. pretty well. The back roads, all the churches, all the weird vistas. I know all the old towns. That's why I've got this book, Tall Tales from Tattletown. Uh, <laughs> I love local history. I, I genuinely love Perry County. Mm-hmm. But Perry County was huge in the second wave of the Klan. And <laughs> um, Southern Indiana in general is where it came from. This is where we're, we're sorry. Um, we, we, it infected Republican politics, went all the way to the governor's mansion. Then its leader cannibalized a woman and people... <laughs> Stop listening to him. It, yeah, it, and um, it, so this, it, I think the reason these games speak to us is our own home has a very dark history, like Greenvale. Like, um, like when when you're looking through Greenvale's, like the raincoat killer. Like, okay, it's not that simple. Raincoat killer was just a victim of something else that was going on, some kind of systemic issue. And then, like, anyway, back one the right as I was leaving the library that night. I like there was thunderstorms and I'm like looking around at all these points of Perry County that I love. And I notice uh clan came to this Baptist church to give money and give a speech You're like, Oh wow, that church, I st- that church is still there. I visit it. I, I-, I see it when I'm booney cruising. Right. They were here. They were at German Ridge. They were at this campground. They, they did, they paraded down main street and it, like, it's like, I get more, I was getting in a really bad headspace just realizing just how, Thorough, and I'm like mental mapping it. And if you've seen this particular anime, this might make sense. <laughs> I, I I like put my I like I like I stop what I'm doing. I look up dramatically, a transmutation circle, <laughs> and then like I hear behind me. <laughs> Well done, Donald. <laughs> you just couldn't leave it alone. <laughs> but it, it, it's weird. It's weird doing that. Like yeah. it's, it's it's a very weird feeling. And in this game, if it does a good job at nothing else, it mm-hmm. gives it does a very good job of presenting that realization to you the way you really feel that and that there is something wrong in this idyllic place and that's something that really speaks to us growing up here because growing up here you don't realize that yeah. you just don't there's nothing wrong with it because it's if nothing else it's boring or what people feel is boring uh, yeah you and i adapted we found ways to uh make it fun growing up here but it, it it's very weird to find out that some place that you have nothing but good memories of held such terror and still it's, does. It's odd. And like, still does. Yes, that's very important too. Like in uh, Greenvale, the thing that happened, the Raincoat Killer Massacre, that is the past. That is a thing that just, like, people hear about it, but it's just like a ghost story. It doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like the uh, ghost of a girl who died of scar- scarlet fever that still roams around Main Street. Well, we don't have scarlet fever anymore. Right. <laughs> people don't die of disease. <laughs> <laughs> Pandemics are a thing of the past. There's no reason to worry about it. But It'll be the, gone in a day or two. Yeah, uh, but in the um, but at the conclusion of Deadly Premonition, um, that rain a, a rainstorm kicks up, and that gas seeps out, and it affects everyone in town, and that legacy of the past turns everyone into like a weird zombie, mm-hmm. and they all start attacking York, and he's trying to not hurt them because he's trying to figure out what it what this 
problem is he needs to get to force case and stop the mm-hmm. problem. But like that, that gas, like that legacy of, I, I, I guess, darkness from the mm-hmm. from the past that's risen up and is still haunting the town today. It is it, it, it that affected me. I, I really, I, 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 it probably wasn't the intention, but I really like that haunted town. Yeah, like, yeah, and it's a very haunted town, and not every haunting results in. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah. Uh, that, uh, Leave. Like, uh, I, like there was no point. Like, I didn't walk out of that library and like a uh, trick shot a giant uh, guy in overalls and say you're one crazy guy, <laughs> and then walk <laughs> away as he explodes into giblets. I just kind of went on with my life, and I look at Facebook every now and again. And I realize, man, we got to do something about that red gas in the water table. <laughs> oh, oh, it's horrible. Um, having. People from your hometown on your Facebook yeah, yeah, is, yeah. Even if you still live in your hometown, there's a certain amount. Of, like I do, you. Uh, well, I live close to it. You, yeah. you can find a certain yeah. amount of peace so long as you don't befriend people you went to high school with on Facebook. <laughs> um, just don't do that. Um, the the people you the, your suggested friends on Facebook are red seeds. <laughs> <laughs> do not add them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Fortunately, I inoculated myself with a love of '80s horror movies, so you know. <laughs> um, I was able to resist and over overcome the heart of darkness. So yeah, um, ooh, you know what would be a good podcast? Heart of darkness, <laughs> eternal darkness, eternal darkness. Okay. That would be primo. Yeah, that would be. Oh yeah, that's good. That, um, that, that was one of the move those games that had us walking in pairs to the bathroom when we were playing it first time. Oh, and it, because it's, of you know you there's a certain bathtub. <laughs> and, yeah. The way the game, uh, it, it's criminal, criminal that that game doesn't have like sequels or like mm-hmm. a whole IP series. But um, so uh, Don, uh, if anything final you want to leave us with from a deadly premonition? Honestly, I don't like. Um, it's not like it's a game I can come back to anytime. Like, there's not a whole lot of games I can replay. I could always lose myself in that town. It's weird. I don't understand it. I don't need to understand it. Do you just maintain a save file like in the middle of the game? Just yeah, like past the, past the chipmunks who scream like apes. Yes. Um, <laughs> like I, pa- like uh, avoid the game <laughs> play, and the game's pretty fun. <laughs> just like, or or I go back and watch like a let's play of it, just to have that in background right. noise of right. like uh, York being a dick and then discovering that the sinner's sandwich is actually pretty killer. So do you, the sinner's sandwich. sinner's sandwich. You have something to atone for. Yeah, I, I can't get away with saying that in Wendy's when so <laughs> like, ah, oh, the sinner's sandwich. The Baconator, huh? <laughs> Sounds like someone's atoning for something. Trouble at home? So... So, guys, um, we say this every time, every single time, but uh, please play the game. Even mm. if you listen to the podcast about the story, even if you listen, because you you have to you have to feel Deadly Premonition to get it. Mm. It's not something that you can have described to you. It's not, because I thought that Don and that LP that he had me watch ruined it for me, and when I played it, I had a whole different experience myself playing the game. Yeah, um, you, you never know what's going to happen. Maybe ne- somebody will just sit down in front of you and look at you judgmentally. <laughs> That's. <laughs> I just. I'm still trying to get over the idea. The next time I'm at Wendy's or McDonald's or something, uh, just the the sinner's, sinner's sandwich. sandwich. 
FBI Special Agent Francis York Morgan, I pull out like the Sam's Club card. <laughs> and everyone stares in bewilderment at the card because it's <laughs> not the name I gave them. Um, but guys, uh, absolutely, this is a game you absolutely have to uh, play to really get. Uh, I don't even think we could do it justice with a Let's Play. Oh, yeah, probably not. Um, um, I, I think Portland Let's Played it perfectly by kicking the evil forces out. <laughs> With leaf blowers, which is how you deal with red gas. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, so now um, the sequel to Portland, though, Chicago, is starting soon. Oh, yeah. Uh, yep. Mayor Lightfoot is welcoming the federal agents into the city. Yeah, like um, a trap. Yes. The, uh, <laughs> may- <laughs> it's a trap. All her critics, like everyone that's like going like, like fuck Lori Lightfoot right now. I really hope that is. Like- <laughs> Cops pull up. The shield is still up. <laughs> That blast came from Sears Tower. <laughs> that thing's operational. <laughs> Sears is it, but Sears Tower's fine. <laughs> so, um, guys, do us a favor. Go play Deadly Premonition. I can't imagine it's expensive. Uh, well, how much does it cost on the Switch? It's on the Switch, for God's sake. It's probably like 20 bucks on the yeah, Switch. Probably for the first one, anyway. Um, so, guys, go go check that out. I believe on uh, the Switch, it's now called Deadly Premonition Origins. Uh, uh, and hopefully they haven't fixed anything. That's yeah. the main thing. You want to make sure they didn't fix anything. Yeah, but, you want to unpatch it. Um, guys, uh, until next time, uh, check out our links. Like, share, and subscribe. Check out our links. We've got a book. Um, we've got uh, this awesome T-shirt here, uh, Patreon. Ah. Which Don and I have done some awesome Patreon exclusive content for you guys. Uh, yeah. um, but the most important thing I need you to do for me for the next time we see you is uh, stay safe and have fun. Mm.